This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Did Quick Dick McDick ever think he'd become one of Canada's most watched conservative commentators? As you're about to find out in this episode of The Best of Real Talk, even he is surprised by his incredible success on YouTube. That's coming up in just a second. This episode of The Best of Real Talk is presented by We Know Training. Get ready to hit the training jackpot. We Know Training partners with associations across North America to create, host, and deliver online training, continuing education, professional development, and credentialing programs. Their top-notch LMS software lets associations and regulators monetize their training programs, creating new revenue streams and opportunities to support organizations, operations, fund new initiatives, and invest in creating more awesome training programs. But wait, there's more! Association members can join in on the fund by enhancing their skills, staying up to date with the latest professional development trends, and becoming experts in their fields. Association leaders, don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. Contact partnerships at weknowtraining.ca to learn more today. Our next guest needs no introduction in the province of Saskatchewan. He's got literally uh, hundreds of thousands of followers. People there on TikTok, on Twitter. People are following him, of course, on his YouTube channel that sees an avalanche of activity every time he posts a new video. Quick Dick McDick doesn't need me to introduce him. Maybe he should do the honors for himself. In a world that thinks protesting is the newest fad... He'll be there, doing his best to make you laugh. But most of all, showing you everything you have to be proud of in this glorious place we all call home. From a driver's seat perspective in his 1994 Ford F-150 named Morty. All right, that's Quick Dick McDick who joins us now. Live from the farm. There you are. Can you catch me now? I got you now. I got you now. (laughs) Look at you from your professional podcast studio. Oh, yeah, it's a highly professional. I've got a very uh, well-trained group of, of professional technical teams here that keep me looked after. Yeah, yeah, you do all your own stuff, right? Writing, editing, uh, shooting. I mean, you do it all. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 quite a bit sometimes. Uh, but yeah, it keeps uh, keeps me busy. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have a big camera crew that follows me around. It's usually just me putting up iphone in a very precarious place to catch some cool shots so <laughs> well people that are people that are most people hear this on the podcast you you release your stuff you do a great job visually and so so what people wouldn't see obviously on the podcast is that your videos are snippets of different shots so it'll be it'll be 10 or 15 seconds of you in the combine 10 or 15 seconds of you in the big rig 10 or 15 seconds of you leaning on your pickup truck kind of idea <laughs> obviously the stuff is is scripted ahead of time there's a lot that goes into this it reminds me of the rick mercer rant a little bit oh man I, I appreciate that that's uh i'm a huge fan of rick mercer so uh that's uh that's quite a compliment but yeah it's, it, there there's definitely a lot that goes into it it kind of started off uh like a little simpler but i mean the the format started off as cutaway production uh because i kind of started it on snapchat and then uh i i just kind of i kept that format just because i, I just kind of liked the way that it was and uh 
I don't know. It's it's kind of a fun challenge for me to just see uh, if if you can get what you're talking about in in a real life background, which. I mean, 99% of the things that I talk about on my YouTube channel are stuff that that happens every day, you know, here in rural Saskatchewan. And so it's pretty easy for me to capture it in the background. And I think it's a, a more of a viewer's experience if you kind of get to see happening in the background what the person talking about is talking about, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're one of the most watched content creators in Canada, for sure. Um, I, I would say virtually every video that you post has over 100,000 views. You've got a huge reach and a big platform. Uh, are, you, are you a little bit surprised by it all? <laughs> yeah, actually, I am. Uh the, the the reason I, I named myself Quick Dick McDick off the start is because I didn't want anybody to find me on <laughs> social media. <laughs> so that backfired, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't really expect uh, any of this to happen. To be perfectly honest, it it just kind of it just kind of started, you know, being this this snowball. It started tumbling down a hill, and it's just kind of you know built itself up. I haven't really changed how I do content or or or, or what I've done. You know, I've I've made a few changes. It started trying to incorporate some drone shots and a couple other things just to make it funner for everybody to watch. But essentially it's just kind of the same thing as what it's always been as it started out as. And I, uh, I'd fully expected this to have petered out a couple of years ago, but here we are still going. So yeah. uh, as long as everyone's laughing and having fun right on, right? Well, I mean, I, I, I love your videos and, and, and uh, you know, I mean, whether or not people agree with your politics or your takes on things, I think it's <laughs> completely irrelevant. I love you wear your heart on your sleeve. You're, you're, you're not a big fan of Justin Trudeau. You're not a big fan of the liberal government. Uh, but I've also seen, seen you fact check a lot of uh, right-wing paranoia uh that's out there as well as a matter of fact johnny can we can we call up the fact check video this you know which one i'm talking about quick dick this was the anthrax <laughs> video that you posted a while ago yeah, Let, sure. let's, yeah. why don't we take yeah. a second we're not going to roll the whole yeah. video obviously because oh, we've, we've got you here but I, but I wanted to roll this one this is a fact check so to speak i think the entire video is about eight or nine minutes people can find it on your youtube channel obviously youtube.com slash quick dick mcdick but but here's a snippet of it here's a highlight so there's this video going around right now that that I have had shared to me. I've been tagged in. I've basically had this thing shoved in my face over the last couple of days of some TikTok guy that has got a bunch of people convinced that the federal government is killing our cattle herd off using anthrax. You've got to be shitting me. Okay, listen, you all know me. I'm about the most anti-Trudeau guy that you're going to find in the country of Canada. In my personal opinion, the only thing that this government has got right since they were elected in 2015 was finally deciding to replace our age-old decrepit fleet of F-18s. That's it. Everything else they've done, they have absolutely and completely bastardized. But... Just because you might be like me and despise Justin Trudeau and basically his entire cabinet, at some point in time, you have to be able to stop, take a breath, look at what slash who you are listening to and watching and think about it. Like, think about it. Right now, you are listening to a guy named Quick Dick McDick. Okay? <laughs> that is my favorite line out of the whole video. <laughs> right now, you're listening to a guy named Quick Dick McDick. We promoted this appearance today calling you the voice of Saskatchewan. Do you feel like you are? Uh, well, no, I, I, I don't. I, uh, it's, I guess you kind of get, you get numb to, to views and, and likes and stuff like that because it just, it's, it's, to me, it's a screen and you're, you know, reading how many people comment on your stuff and everything. And I never really put it together on, uh, on how many people watch until actually I went to a Chris Stapleton concert uh, in Saskatoon, uh, just, just recently here. And I couldn't believe the amount of people that were coming up to me. One guy come up to me and just grabbed me. And he was a huge guy. And he lifted me off the ground. He's bear hugging me. He's like, I love you, man. And I was like, this many people watch my stuff. But 
uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I always do my stuff as, as I try to be a voice for my community. Uh, and, and that's just where I leave it at. And any production I do, I, I, I kind of make it so that I know that the people in my community will, will laugh and have a good time and feel okay about it. And, and whoever outside of that enjoys it or likes it or, or doesn't enjoy it, but it might spark a bit of a conversation with somebody. Uh, I mean, great. That's that's why I do it, right? I've just got videos of yours uh, playing here, uh, you know, right now. You've got, you know, this video uh, spray, you say, and you're talking to people about, you know, spraying and, and, and different things on the farm to be. I, I, I hope that this fills your bucket to hear this. This is a true story. Um, I, you know, I like watch your stuff. I love your stuff. I think it's great. And uh, and I was watching oh, thanks, you. Man. You had like a you had like a tutorial uh, or like silage one oh one you remember this video you did teaching people yeah, about man. silage oh, yeah. and, and like and what silage is and, and how it's essentially prepared and they make the big piles and then they get all the oxygen out yeah. they cover it up for the winter and use it to feed the cattle and everything so uh we're at our family farm my wife's parents uh just outside middle lake just uh, you know outside humboldt about a half hour outside and uh not, and we're far, from here, not yeah. far from you at all and uh, and we're driving home and, and my little guy seven years old is is asking what those big white tarps are what are the big white piles in the fields and like like the city slicker dad gets to talk. Well, it's actually silage. And this is how the, and, and like, man, mission accomplished, right? Mission accomplished. Absolutely. And you know, like, yeah, I, I do some, some politically polarizing stuff. Sometimes I do cooking shows. Sometimes I do kids shows, but it's, it's fun to do stuff like that. The silage one was like one of my top five favorite videos to do. And I was actually, I had, I had broken ribs when I was doing that video. So I couldn't really do much other than drive a swather. Yeah. So I was just kind of running around grabbing footage and doing some stuff. And, uh, it's just, uh, I think it's just fun. Like, say, you start incorporating a drone and a few other things and some music and, and let people have fun watching what they're watching. And and I had so many people in the comments of that video just be like, I had no idea that's what those big plastic bags were that we drive by every day. I had no idea. And so, I mean, yeah, again, like I said, mission accomplished. If it's somebody that can be like, oh, that's silage and this is how they do it and this is why they do it. And I try and uh, highlight the importance of of uh, the beef industry as well, you know, which uh, I'm obviously involved in, and uh, and how they work together with with modern agriculture. When I did the spray video, you know, there was a there's a lot of people that get going on uh, on GMOs and glyphosates and a lot of different things, and uh, you you can uh, you could go through a lot of different things of what we do in real life, but I just try and and give everyone the perspective of of a Saskatchewan agricultural technician because. Uh, a lot of people get upset about things that we do in agriculture when they might in all reality not be getting the straight kids on what we do in agriculture. I love it. I mean, storytelling is obviously so important. I mean, you want to use beef as an example. You look you look back to the BSE crisis like it feels like an eternity ago. Uh, But one of the biggest issues there was that they didn't do a good job um, and the beef lobby doesn't love to hear this, uh, but they've improved since. I think they didn't do a good job telling their story and and beef obviously was inevitably going to take a hit there. Uh, But at the same time, it didn't have to be that bad. You look at a lot of the, the protests I mean, we led with the, your your video, your commentary on the on the vandalism of art, and and I thought it was biting and relevant <laughs> and timely and, and entertaining. Um, but but the the oil industry right now, oil and gas traditionally, you you look at the ads that they're putting out and the information they're putting out is that they're starting to understand or at least take it seriously the importance of storytelling. And I think that the future of agriculture, like to state the obvious, is something that everybody needs to better understand and talk about. I mean, and we can come at it from a million different angles. 
angles like cost of living and cost of production? What, what, what about shortages mm-hmm. of, the, you know, within the supply chain, the cost of groceries? I mean, there's a million different things. I mean, more and more people go to a, a plant based lifestyle, more and more people adopting different diets, expecting, you know, different things. That so-called hundred mile diet. People want to see the face of the farmer. Right. I mean, there's so many reasons why I think there's a real appetite for for a producer like you to be taking people, city slickers in particular, behind the scenes. So it, it, so I guess if anyone were to ask me if there was a goal of, of what I was doing, that would be it. I worked I worked 19 years in the oil and gas industry. I was actually a resident of Alberta for 19 years oh, wow. uh, up in Grand Prairie. Uh, and I had no idea when I first went out. I, I left the, the, the ranch here in Saskatchewan as a young man went out. I had no idea. And I, I mean, we used oil and gas every day, and I just had no idea where it came from or, or, or what the process was to get it to us. And my, my mind was blown basically for 19 straight years, not only with that, but I mean, you see how oil and gas works, uh, works collaboratively with the forestry industry up in northern regions and how you share roads and leases are logged and made into paper and a lot of different things. And this is 19 years in that. And I didn't even see half of, of what it takes to, to get us the products that we use. And I, I'm very fortunate to have come from a, a place in Saskatchewan where I've experienced agriculture and I know what it takes to get food on our table. And I think you could do that with basically every product that we have in real life, even the computers that we're using to, to Zoom with right now. Or if you talk to communications people from, say, Sastel or different places, it's the, the amount of effort that goes into a lot of different things that we do here to keep us you know, sustained as, as Canadians and to sustain life would blow your mind and we have a lot of people that that just want to jump on right away and be like we have to stop this we have to stop this we have to stop this oh okay i hear you i will always you know promote us doing better and polluting less but we have to realize at some point in time we have to draw a line where the lives that we live that there's going to be a little bit of a say a a carbon footprint to it or or a, a very intensive process that gets it to us and if we don't understand that process before we start saying we have to stop it we should really understand what we're asking to be stopped. Right? Hmm. One of the reasons why I wanted to showcase that that anthrax video, and and I want to ensure that people just go check it out. <laughs> you you got to just watch the whole thing because you you go. I can't remember the word you use, but you're like the last thing I want to do is amplify donkeys like this or something. And you you, you show <laughs> yeah. you know you're because you know you're making this guy famous when you, when you use his video. Uh, but but uh, but but this guy's claiming essentially that the federal government was spreading anthrax on on Saskatchewan farms. Uh, there were some issues around. Yeah. Passing the, the, the Saskatchewan government uh, jumped on, um, but uh, the the bigger idea that the Saskatchewan or the federal government was spreading anthrax on farms, and, and you know, it was Justin Trudeau and this, that, and the other, and you basically are like, you know, let's turn down the temperature on this. Um, we've had a yeah. lot of we've had a lot of conversation on this show about the polarized nature of politics, and we talked to politicians about it, we talked to commentators about it, uh, we even talked to a psychologist about it last week. Like, what do you do around the family holiday table when you've got you know that, people that are four times that? I can use a lay down with a psychologist every yeah, now and then. Well, it would help me out. <laughs> we all could, and uh, and we do a lot of us. And uh, but but I just I'm, I'm curious for your take on on a guy that's got a big platform. Your your conviction on on political polarization and on on turning down the temperature while at the same time not turning down uh, the engagement and and the need to have uh, conversations and healthy debate. How do you approach that? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough one, and I wouldn't say that I've quite got it figured out yet, Ryan. It's uh, it's it's a it's a tough plank to walk, if, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, you know, I uh, you know I did a, a vaccine video quite a while ago, and I, you know a lot of people are just like, you just nuked your YouTube channel, no one will ever follow you again, kind of thing. Get a lot of that going on. 
Uh, and then there's been, uh, you know, with the whole with the whole poly of leadership race, and then uh, we have the SAS party here in Saskatchewan and whatnot. I, I get I get a lot of people that follow me that that just jump into this huge fiery pit of ravenous biting as soon as I put out a tweet criticizing some of the marketing campaign st- strategies that Polya was using or maybe a tweet that the premier of Saskatchewan puts out that I just I'm just like okay who wrote this tweet you know what I mean yeah I, I think the biggest divide that we have that's the problem is that when uh, when things like this happen people just just think that you are in your lane and you're staying in your lane and you will just blindly support what's happening no matter what and i i try i don't always succeed at it but i'm trying as as a as a content creator to, to just somewhere be down the path that i'd like to see things go and see both sides but where if you look at me a lot of people hating on me for quote tweeting the premier but then a lot of people uh hating on me for trying to dispel this guy talking about anthrax and cattle but like i just I'm I'm no different than any Canadian. I want what's best for people, and if I see something goofy or it's hypocritical, uh, I'm going to call them out, whether it's uh, it, on my side or on somebody else's side or wherever. Just uh, if I see it, it's coming at you, you know. Hmm. Yeah, well, you you've certainly like you've got a real talent with regards to what you do and how you get your message out and how how you cut the videos and and uh, you know like people have such short attention spans too, right? Like holding someone's attention through through a video takes a real talent. What do you see as 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 the future of your you know this empire? that you're building what do, what do you see yourself doing with this down the line you gonna ramp it up even more uh, uh i don't really know how i ramp it up more i uh i i, I spend a lot of time uh i spend a lot of time at this and I, I, I don't have a lot of time to spend at it because obviously uh like what you see me doing throughout the course of the day isn't just you know stage theater i mean we're we're in cattle and agriculture here and it's very busy i've started doing a lot of live shows since uh since restrictions kind of lifted here which has been uh has been totally different jumping in front of a crowd and doing like an hour and a half of stand-up comedy has turned into one of my favorite things to do uh because i like it when people can, it's it's fun you could do a youtube video and put your stuff up there and you have time to look at it and maybe if you want to change one clip that you did or, or whatever you want to do you got time to do it right but i just like having to think on your feet in front of an audience and it's it's been really cool to be able to do that um and uh the, is that the new whole, for you i mean have you been have you been honing that craft of stand it's stand-ups like you just said <laughs> is totally different than doing edited it, videos it, it it totally is, but I like I uh, oh man spoiler this is a this is a real talk uh, exclusive here. I was full on through my years in high school, like I was in drama in yeah. in high school, man. Uh, like I was always like one of the only guys of of a few of a handful of us that would be in drama. I'd always get like the the leading role in it, and I, I'm I've always been comfortable being in front of a crowd, and uh, and it's it's fun, it's good. But like I'm. I'm kind of a people person, and if you can be a people person and you can be a goofy person, you can stand in front of people and have fun with them. You know what I mean? It's uh, and I've I've got time in the tractor to rehearse my stuff and uh, and and work on it. Yeah, you got to work at it too. If you started at my first show versus where I am now, I mean they're two different shows, but it's still super fun either way, right? Yeah, no kidding. Um, I love your merch too. Quickdickmcdick.ca. People can check it out. <laughs> you don't have hoodies like a good Saskatchewan boy. You got bunny hugs. I've uh, got bunny hugs. Yeah, that's what, right. what, Actually, I'm not wearing it today, but I got my hat on. But th- dude, that's been the. If you ever would have told me that I was going to know the difference between a fifty-fifty poly cotton and an eighty-twenty <laughs> cotton blend and all this different stuff, but it's. Uh, that's been a neat thing, which has kind of been another one of my missions of doing this is is to try and uh, and get people interested in in where things are made and where you buy them from. Uh, I'm I'm a huge advocate of made in Canada, product yeah. of Canada, if you can, uh, to support our local Canadian economies. And uh, 
it, the amount of work that it took to dig through and actually find people that make clothing still in Canada w- would actually w- would frighten a lot of people. We rely on a lot of uh, a lot of overseas people to uh, to make the things that we use in everyday life. Uh, but I found, you know, some guys in, in Burnaby and in Richmond and a few places out in Ontario, a few in Calgary. Uh, and yeah, we've got a Canadian made line of merch that comes through and I've got a lady here that ships it right out of Tufnell, Saskatchewan, which is like, how awesome is that? That's you know great. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, it's, we're the, uh, we're the it's, exact it's been, same, really cool. man. We're the exact same. We wanted to, like our our mugs are are done in Calgary. Our our t shirts, like a lot awesome. of our merch, our hats are done in BC. We were the exact same way. We wanted to support local wherever we could, but it's the hustle, right? It's it's so like you and I have different backgrounds, obviously. But you know, you you had your career in, in energy and oil and gas. I had a career in you know like mainstream or you know big uh, corporate broadcasting, and 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 then now um, the thing that is so exciting is also the thing that is so terrifying, and that's that you're responsible for everything uh but you also are doing it for yourself which is really really neat uh what's the is there like when we ask what's the coolest bit of feedback or or what was a moment of like a fan of what you do or one of your followers or something said to you is there is there something that jumps out at you did somebody yeah or you had a ton of it i would imagine there's lots i had uh, i had one guy send me a uh, he sent me a receiver hitch for morty that had a horseshoe welded on the back of it with QDM uh, welded wow. in the horseshoe. Like, uh, how cool is that? I've had a lot of stuff sent to me and, and lots of people reach out to me. But I, uh, I get sent uh, pictures lots from teachers that are showing like my Terry Fox run video or mm. my Ode to Oats video and stuff like that to their to their classrooms. And that's uh, that's why I really like doing my little quicks videos for for kids to learn and have fun. And uh, uh to all the parents out there that are very concerned about a guy named Quick Dick McDick, you know, <laughs> being played in their class and everything, I, I do a, an entire list of, of kids videos that are kid friendly, and I I, I love kids, uh, I love being around them, and it's super fun. And they're our future; they're the ones that are going to grow up and 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 eventually take this country over from us someday. And uh, it's just important that uh, they see a well-rounded variety of things and and being exposed to uh, to a farmer that's actually out you know, planting crops and working with cattle and things like that. I think there are a lot of things that kids need to need to see and need to understand how these things work. It's very important. I think we're slowly getting very removed from our from our roots of, of where we came from and how we eat yeah. and how we heat our homes. And and I think and even yourself, Ryan, if you say you're you're from up in the Humboldt area there, you know, like a, like. Would you say that you've been removed from from your roots a little bit? Well, let me say so my so my wife's family they're they're from there. Uh, that that's Kids, where they're at. Not, but but my family, like my grandpa, was was one of eleven kids, and and he moved down to Calgary during the Second World War, and and raised his family down there. The rest of them, um, a huge farming family, and they still farm. It's now like the sixth generation is is they're now raising the sixth awesome. generation on the dairy farms, um, and not far out of Edmonton, like fifteen minutes out of Edmonton, Spruce Grove, Stony Plain, Westlock. So so I did like I mean they would you know my cousins some of them will watch or listen to this show and i'm going to get texts from them right away if i try to pretend like i even would know how to start a tractor <laughs> um there's no way uh but at the same time we try to get our little guys out there and, and on the farm and, and getting their boots dirty a little bit as well so they understand not, awesome. not just about agriculture um and not just about dairy or not just about whatever uh but also about the family history the rich family history there's a family cemetery it's pretty fascinating stuff right and and so it's it's really important to us my heart's full every time i'm out there 
That's awesome. Yeah, family lineage is is very cool. And, uh, you know, that was, I put that at the end of my last video there where, I, like, we spent harvest uh, being very busy. And the first thing I wanted to do as soon as we got stopped, like, I, I just wanted to go and sit with my mom and dad and visit with them. You know, I, I moved home here a few years ago uh, to get back into agriculture. And that was one of the biggest reasons why I did it was because I just I was separated from my family and everybody that I loved all the time. Uh, and it's just like, you know, I, I, I need to change that because, you know, whether whether it's my parents that won't have me or me that won't have my parents, eventually that's how life works. Uh, you just need to do what you can to try and spend time with people that you love. And uh, and that's, you know, that's some of the things that I try and promote on my channel, along with all the other kooky things that mm. we talk about. You know, what, I mean? what do you see like a guy like you? Like, what do you are you what in your 30s? What's your ish ballpark age? Oh, man, I'm uh, actually I will be 40 this year. Oh, wow. All right. So, so, but, you know, relatively speaking, a young guy with with a lot of career ahead of you. Do you see you, you come back home to, to work in agriculture? It's a lot of people are wondering what the future of ag will look like. Uh, and there's a lot of contributing factors but a lot of the big farms are being acquired people are lamenting loss of top sale it's it's maybe mm. uh, less financially realistic for for young people to farm just with the the cost of entry etc is that yeah. on your radar and, and what do you see around you it's uh it, it's definitely tough to get into to get into farming uh it's it's very expensive to get into farming <clears throat> and i think uh yeah we see a lot of the bigger operators uh I, I mean i won't name drop but there are some very big farming uh corporate companies here in saskatchewan uh, but that being said, when you get into my neck of the woods here, there's a there's a lot of guys around here, guys and girls that that farm around here that uh, th- that have been doing it for years. And like you say, that are that are working on centennial farms and it's been passed down from generation to generation. And contrary to what a lot of narratives would have people believe, there are operators around here that that care deeply that new people get into agriculture and help give them starts. And it'll start off as, uh, you know, they'll they'll get a guy working for them. And then, well, yeah, you can use a little bit of my equipment to uh, to help seed your place and we'll haul it and we'll store your grain here and they help guys get going. So as much as we hear that commercial farming is stomping a lot of people out, there are some great people out there still that are doing what they can to try and get new people into the game that that have a passion for it so uh i think uh, i i think as long as that keeps uh keeps advancing how it is it's it's still going to be a great future for agriculture anybody getting into agriculture right now is getting into agriculture at an amazing time there's so much technology that's coming at us from all different yeah. levels and you get your old guys that you know drove around on a john deere d and the size of their harrows was the half the size of a combine header nowadays kind of thing that they're like ah we don't need any of that stuff but we got a cool generation of people coming up in agriculture right now that that look into technology and what's happening and i mean i i hope in the next five years we see drones out flying around spraying some crops and stuff mm-hmm. and, and and doing things better and the amount of people that continually try to do things better and better and better is just uh it, it's it's like spirit lifting to to see everybody striving to do better i'm very proud to be a part of agriculture yeah it blows my mind that the tech that that there is in farming um i mean i guess if your combines weren't driving themselves you wouldn't be able to shoot your videos behind the wheel right (laughs) (laughs) well and that's like like and to that point you know like a lot of there's a couple of retired guys that come out and help us drive combines every now and then and everybody's like a lot of activists like your tractors will drive themselves in the next five years and you're going to be out of work i'm like i can't wait for a tractor that drives itself so that i can go and get one of the other 8,000 things that I need to get done in a day done. You yeah. know what I mean? It's uh, it's 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 great. Yeah, where technology is headed and, and the embracing of it is great. And uh, and it's always good to have uh, it's always good to have some older neighbors kicking around that can keep you grounded a little bit, too. I'd, I'd tell you a quick story about neighbor Bob if we had time. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. All right. Tell us about neighbor <laughs> so, Bob. 
Okay, so Bob, so Bob is a guy that's a retired farmer, right? And I always say neighbor Bob in my video. Neighbor Bob's a real guy. He's a straight up real guy. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's probably the most grounding guy that you'll ever get in your life. And na- neighbor Bob's job is when we got to move a combine from somewhere, say, or a tractor from somewhere a couple miles away to back to where we are. Neighbor Bob's job is to come and give you a ride. And if you don't phone him and ask him to come give you a ride, he'll be pissed at you. He'd be like, how did you move that tractor over there? No, I got to be a part of this. I got to help you move trucks. But I've come to find that the best time that I spend on the farm is riding around in the passenger seat with neighbor Bob because he farmed for over 60 years and uh, and he's seen a lot of bad stuff. And when it came you know, to, to our last drought, we had a really bad drought here last year and it was kind of a bad harvest. And, and Bob was cruising around and, and taking me over to a combine that we we're going to move to another field. And we stopped in the middle of the road and he put the truck in park and he shut it off. And we looked out into a place that was typically, you know, full of water. And there were some old dead trees drowned out in the middle of this place. And there was nothing, just rocks, a dry lake bed, and some old trees there. And he says, you see those old trees there? I said, yeah, it's pretty dry out there, hey? I was like, yeah. He says, uh, do you know why that tree is there? I said, because it grew there, Bob. He said, that's right. Because <laughs> I remember a lot of years where this was dry and a tree could grow there because there was no water. He says, it's not going to be that way forever. Mm. This spring... We were driving out to get the drill from the same field to move it back. And we had an exceptional amount of moisture here this spring. And it was right up to the road. The water was back up to the road. And I knew it was coming. He stopped. He put the truck in park, shut it off. And he didn't say a word. He just looked out at the tree, pointed at it, looked at me, winked, started the truck. And- <laughs> 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 but like, it's, it's great to have guys like that just to keep you grounded and keep you in check with what's going on. Right. Because uh, it's, it's, it's good for your mental health. Hundred uh, percent, man. It's awesome to catch up with you. Uh, I, we should let the audience know that uh, that we were going to get you on earlier, but uh, you had a little thing called harvest that you had to handle. And uh, if we appreciate you finding time in your day to talk to us now. We, you know, we endeavor to connect with with storytellers across the country, and uh, undeniably, you've built a, a huge audience, and uh, and for good reason. I know that what you have to say resonates with a lot of people. Uh, folks can find you at YouTube.com/slash Quick Dick McDick, and of course, Quick Dick mcdick.ca if they want to pick up a bunny hug or whatever else uh, thanks for making yeah. time for us we made it through this whole thing without asking you about your first name you know without your real your real name so to speak <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it a secret dick, believe it or not i've been a dick all my life yeah, <laughs> yeah so there you go there you go quick dick hey, thanks a lot for having me hey, on thanks appreciate a lot buddy we appreciate it there he is proudly flying the uh the uh canada and saskatchewan flags behind him from saskatchewan to alberta our next conversation in this episode of the best of real talk is with three-time juno award-winning country music singer brett kissel he's got a new four album project out one of them with the song lying in the sand it's being celebrated and criticized as a freedom convoy anthem was that what he set out to do we get into it But first, a message from the sponsors making this possible. Are you a professional engineer or a recent graduate from an engineering school anywhere in Canada? Apex Automation wants to talk to you. That's right. They're hiring in a number of rewarding career opportunities. We're talking engineering, fabrication, automation. This team is leading the charge, putting their people and their clients ahead of their profits. You want proof on why this company's culture is different than all the rest? Check them out today at apexautomation.ca. 
Tens of thousands of Canadians are trusting their post-secondary learning experience to Athabasca University. Why? Because Canada's Open University offers world-class accredited online programs and courses that give you the flexibility to learn at your own pace on a schedule that suits your lifestyle. Plus, it's one of Canada's most reputable research universities. You can learn more about the undergraduate, graduate programs, and other reasons to check out AthabascaU.ca. California Closets is providing custom closets and storage solutions for the entire home. Make the most of your space with their custom organizational systems. Sure, it may be a dream closet in your bedroom, or maybe it's a craft closet downstairs for the kids. How about something to house your entertainment system in a way that increases the quality of the experience and the value of your home? Plus, they do garages. Oh, do they do garages? You can get a free consultation today at californiaclosets.ca. Are you dealing with flood damage, fire damage? Maybe you or your construction crew found mold or asbestos in those walls you're looking to renovate? Oh man, this type of nightmare needs to be trusted to the talented team at Complete Care Restoration. They're the ones we trusted with our studio build. They're the ones you should trust for whatever you need done, construction, renovation, or recovery. It's Complete Care Restoration online at completecarerestoration.ca. No matter what you're celebrating, guaranteed there's a perfect fit for a custom DQ cake. That's right, any occasion is a happy occasion with a DQ cake. We recommend that Real Talkers check out the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. You'll find happiness however you want it. That world-famous soft serve with a fudgy, crunchy, chocolatey middle. The perfect way to celebrate any occasion is a DQ cake from the Dairy Queens in Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, West Mount at Baseline Road. For more than 20 years, Eden Landscaping has been bringing outdoor spaces to life. Still family-owned, still based out of Edmonton, Alberta, this team has perfected the art of modern to traditional and every other type of landscape design. Their projects all have one thing in common, that's happy clients. What's the difference in dealing with Eden Landscaping? Find out today with a free consultation. You can learn more and book it at landscapeedmonton.ca. The first of the month means 15% off grocery purchases of $75 or more at all Friesen Brothers locations. 16 of them across the province of Alberta where Albertans have trusted this family-owned grocer to put quality, affordable, nutritious meals on those family dinner tables established in 1955. Still family-owned. It's Friesen Brothers online at Friesen. Are you noticing health issues with your pets? Maybe obvious joint pain? Maybe there's something with their coat just doesn't look the same as it used to? It could be what they're eating. May we recommend you check out Grand Dog Essentials Quality Raw Food. We're proud to feed Grand Dog Essentials Quality Raw Food to our dogs, and we've seen the health benefits. The best part about it, it's affordable. The business is family-owned. They care deeply about what they do. 
and the food's delivered right to our door. If you're in Edmonton, Calgary, or Central Alberta, check them out online. The promo code REALTALK takes 10% off your first order at granddog.ca. Are you an apprentice or journey person electrician? Kubi Renewable Energy would love to hear from you. That's right. It is heading into their hottest season, the busiest time of year, and they're looking for installers looking to put up solar power projects across BC, Alberta, and into Saskatchewan. Kubi Energy is one of Canada's busiest solar installers and the only installer that's Tesla certified. You can check out the work that they're doing online at kubienergy.ca. Make the next move in your career today. If you're making decisions for a small business, a large business, or an entire community when it comes to residential or commercial, even industrial garbage and recycling management. Maybe you're taking a look at a big home renovation or a huge landscaping project and you could use one of those front load or roll off bins. Are you putting together a community event or a festival this summer where you'll need fencing, portable toilets, or even water hauling? Keep it local with Local Environmental Services. You'll find them online at localenvironmental.ca. We lead off today with a three-time Juno Award winner. He's a Canadian country star uh, with four number one hits on the Canadian country charts. He was born right here in our home city of Edmonton, raised on a cattle ranch near St. Paul, Alberta. His newest album, The Compass Project, a series of four releases, starting with the South album, which is just out and everybody's talking about it, but in a bit of a different way. Brett Kissel's facing backlash for his song, Line in the Sand. Joining us live in the Real Talk studio, it's nice to see you. I appreciate your availability on this. Oh, thank you, Ryan. It's great. Like, we've known each other for a long, long time, and it's great to sit across the desk, like, and congratulations. This studio looks amazing. Your show is great. It's uh it's honestly, it's great to connect. It uh, really is. You and I were, were reminiscing as you arrived just a few minutes ago and, and looking back, I remember when you were first starting your career, you were putting albums out when you were like a, a tween. Yeah. Like, I don't think you absolutely. were barely a teenager and you were releasing records. On and, the good uh, old uh, A-Channel days. That's absolutely. right. I, I remember your introductions and I remember being so excited to be on, on TV um, you know, with you and playing some songs that I wrote or some songs that, uh, you know, were cover songs like I've Been Everywhere and all those uh, great songs from the classics. It was a really, really good chapter. And now we're into a new chapter. So, yeah, yeah. we've spoken many times in past. This conversation feels a little bit different. Uh, yeah. there, there's a lot of buzz around your album. Some people love it and, and some people are, are taking really big runs at you. I mean, let me ask you plainly. Let, let's set some context for people that aren't familiar uh, with the tune. And this is one track on the new album. There's going to yeah. be four albums. We'll talk about the project today. Uh, Line in the Sand from the lyrics. I see people going crazy. Good lives torn apart. Windows boarded up and shut down. I see broken hearts. I should have you singing this. My boss, he comes up to me, says, I better toe the line. Well, you can take away my paycheck, but you can't take my pride because I stand up for my freedom and I stand up for my family. I stand up for this life I love and I stand up for my country. So if you try to take me down, let me show you where I stand. Hate me if you want to. But this is my line in the sand. Did you set out to write a Freedom Convoy anthem? I don't think it's a freedom convoy a anthem at all. I think that song is just my own personal mandate, like my own personal thoughts on the entire situation that we've had over the past three years, but also exactly where I'm at in this exact version of 
myself. These are the things that really matter to me. And I think these are the things that matter to a lot of people. At the same time, like any piece of art, like any song, people can take it however they want to. Whatever they want their lyrics to be, whether it be a rap song or a country song or whatever, this for me is just deeply personal. So the fact that a lot of people on social media have actually started to dislike it or a lot of people on social media have decided to use it as an anthem for their cause, that's just what music does. So I didn't set out for any of that. I just wrote this song one day in a moment where I was really frustrated with what was going on in the world. And now that I'm independent, I felt like this is a really good time to release this song because a lot of people ask me my opinion on certain things and I don't really want to talk about it, but I don't mind singing about it. Johnny mm -hmm. Cash did. So that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, what is the difference? Like, take me into the mindset of a, of a singer-songwriter. You say you reached that point where you were really frustrated. Was there, I guess it's maybe a bit of a personal question, but was there like a, a breaking point or something that happened in particular when you started thinking about a line in the sand? Yeah, not 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 a real one one breaking point, but it's just years and years and years of lockdowns and 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 a bunch of things that I I didn't I didn't agree with. And now, you know, I've come out in the wash that's saying, hey, you know what, where we're at today, we've made a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, over the past three years. So for me, I'm sitting at, sitting at home, just totally wishing that I could, you know, be out on the road again, understanding that things in Canada were a lot different than the United States as well. You know, my wife and I, we were living in Nashville and we're having a great time in Nashville. Then you come across the border and, okay, everything is completely changed in terms of rules and regulations of what you cannot do. So I just wrote that song, never thinking that it actually would ever be recorded. But I felt in talking with my wife, Cecilia, and talking with my family, as well as my team, that you know, it actually takes a lot of courage to release a song that actually could be controversial, although there was never the intention to write a controversial mm. song. I mean, Johnny Cash never intended to write a controversial, uh, controversial song. He was just writing country music. Same it, thing with me. You've referenced him twice in three minutes. Is yeah. he one of the biggest influences on your career? No, what was one. it about him and the way that he carried himself? I mean, aside from the musical <clears throat> talent. Well, I, I mean, I think everything that he stood for um, he stood for a lot of the things that, you know, I talk about in that song in particular. Um, you know, there were a lot of things. There was a really unique documentary on Kim on, on Netflix uh, where he was invited to the White House to go and perform. And the White House had asked him to sing a couple of songs in particular that are actually very pointed towards a cause. But he actually was focusing a lot more on the war in Vietnam. He was focusing a lot more on a record that he had called Bitter Tears, which is about indigenous culture and the Native American spirit and how it's being lost and all the research that he had done and saying like, hey, this is, this is all like one big cover up like this, we should honor indigenous people. And so he wrote that record and that those are the songs he chose to sing in the White House and the president was really upset about it. Mm. But he kind of stood for what he believed in and you fast forward, I mean, that was in the 70s and you fast forward when he passed away in 2003 and uh, definitely a heroic figure in American and in all musical culture. I don't set out to be a hero or even relate to Johnny Cash in that particular way. I know I'm going to die one day and people will look at my body of work and maybe talk about the song or maybe completely forget about this song. Well, I, one of the but, interesting things for me to watch as an outsider in all this is that when you say you, you, a hero, I mean, some people are painting you as a villain right now. And yeah. there, there, there's a lot of, I mean, some of some of the uh, the backlash around but that's this social album media is, though, is really ramping up. Well, well, give me your insight on that. Like you have to have expected. I know you. You're mm -hmm. a smart guy with a song like this, as pointed as this is, you had to expect 
expect some backlash. Uh, but it's oh. I mean, it's it's to the point where it's running up the chain to I mean, you know, you have a great partnership with the Edmonton Oilers. You've sung a lot of anthems for them in some high profile events. I've seen people tagging the Oilers on tweets. Yeah. They don't want to see you singing anthems anymore. People are taking this really personally. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are very, very supportive of my craft and know exactly uh, what I do in the community and um, how much I love this city, how much I love this province and how much I love Canada. So at the same time, it's a pendulum that swings. So there's a bunch of people that are very, very noisy on one particular side of the issue. And that's actually okay. What I do blame is social media because social media and Twitter in particular as a platform is a very negative and a very, very dark platform. I haven't had a good time on Twitter in at least five years, maybe even a full decade. And the reality is, is that Twitter's where people, in my opinion, it's only my opinion, where people come to fight and they want to fight and they want to voice their opinion. Yet, if there's anybody who has an issue, if it's Bobby123 or Sally321 on Twitter, I have no issue. The same way you and I are having a conversation right now, let's pour a cup of coffee because it's the morning. Let's pour a drink because it's the afternoon and let's talk. I want to know why this song hurts you so much. That wasn't my intention to hurt you, never. In the case of my music, would I ever set out to write a song to hurt somebody? But if we want to talk about it, go ahead. Don't write on Twitter about how much you hate me. If you want to say it, say it to my face. Mm. Let's do that. That's not a problem because maybe, just maybe, or actually I do believe we could find common ground on the issue. And someone could say, because of this, because of these lyrics, it really affects me. Oh, okay, well, you know what? I'm sorry about that. Not my intention. Or I can say, hey, what I meant was this. Oh, okay, well, thank you for clearing that up. And we can actually be friends if you want to find common ground. But on Twitter, there's no common ground. Do you, you run your own Twitter you... account? Oh, yeah. Like, so you read the replies, you for read sure. the mentions, well, is actually, Brett Kissel reading them? It, it is It is me, but at the same time, I need to separate myself because that's actually not reality. Social media is not reality. You know, Instagram versus reality, That that's not my reality. If you know me, you know where my heart is. And I don't know some of these people that are writing terrible shit on Twitter. Doesn't doesn't affect me whatsoever. Do you think that the song, you, you alluded to this, do you think that a part of the song or that the lyrics are being misinterpreted? And if so, do you think there's, a, I mean, a, a line in the sand is kind of a, a I was I was debating this the other day with a pal. We were talking. We were reading through your lyrics. We we're listening to the song. I'm obviously you know preparing to yeah. talk to you. And I'm thinking. I said you know the thing about a line in the sand. It's interesting because it's a very aggressive statement, and it's also not at all like in the sense that a line in the sand can be washed away by a wave right away. But if you say to someone, "I've drawn my line in the sand," you're saying, "Hell no, we won't go." Kind of idea. It's that type of thing. So what's yeah. being misinterpreted? Do you think about what you wrote? Uh, I I think lyrics are meant to be interpreted how however however they want. For me, a line in the sand is. Just just a very simple statement that there are things in life that I will do and I won't do. There are things in life that I stand for and I won't stand for. And it's on every topic, every issue. We could talk about sports and my line in the sand is that no, even though I'm playing in Calgary, I will not wear a Flames jersey. That's my line in the sand. You can have comedy with it. But for me, on certain issues, this was just me in the creative outlet drawing my line in the sand. So it wasn't actually meant to be super aggressive it means that i'm accepting that you can hate me the same way on twitter you can hate me if you want to that's okay that's actually your right mm. you have completely full opportunity to hate me hate my lyrics not listen to me sing an anthem never buy a ticket again that's okay i wish that you would it would be wonderful if we could find common ground and if we can actually form a relationship 
we don't have to be friends, but we can form a relationship and we can actually talk about certain issues. But on Twitter, nobody wants to talk. They just want to fight. Mm. So I don't engage, no problem. But you and I, I mean, the show is called Real Talk and you and I have an opportunity to sit across a desk, look each other in the eye and get somewhere. I mean, we've done it before. We've had our differences. That's a wonderful thing about the human spirit, but on social media, it doesn't exist, so I won't engage. Uh, I want to be clear. Our differences earlier were me and your record label at the yeah, time, not, not me and you, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I was, we did settle it over a bottle I was, of whiskey I was like Albertans off do. your record label, and you swung by the TV station, and we did settle it over a bottle of whiskey, and that was about 15 years ago. I think it was about 12 years ago, actually, yeah. and so uh, we do have a history of talking things out and having uncomfortable conversations, and I appreciate it. Um, you had to know what you were doing when you retweeted Jamie Soleil the other day and i wonder if uh, i mean I, I i don't know if this amplifies your brand if this hurts your brand because she's on her own wavelength right now D and, does that uh, hurt you long term you know what it it i didn't think about it whatsoever Come i've on. known i honestly jamie i i'm not following what so many people are doing or saying because i'm just not on social media so jamie and i've known each other for a very very long time and jamie's got a very good heart i can say that 100%. You can't say that, oh, she doesn't have a good heart. She's definitely very extreme in, in her views. There's a lot of things that Jamie has said in the past that I, I don't agree with. There's a lot of things that Jamie says in today's or 20 years ago that I do agree with. There's a lot of things that you may say that I disagree with or I do agree with. So the biggest thing is that that was not meant to trigger anything. I was very grateful for what she said about my record. That means a lot to mm. me. Thank you. Do you have to, I mean, does, does a guy like you when you're plotting it, because uh, uh, something I think is, is relevant, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is of all of the albums you've released, this is the first that you're releasing independently. Yeah. So you're, 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 we're in a similar boat. You yeah. know, our eggs are in one basket and we're betting on ourselves. Yes. Do you have to be more careful about this type of stuff now? I mean, you you've, you've, you have controversial business partners, right? Like W. Brett Wilson, you and him yeah. do business together. Yeah. Very outspoken guy, retweeting Jamie Soleil, stuff like this. I, I guarantee on one hand, your album sales will skyrocket from people who love them, but you might see no love from people that have no love for, for folks like those. Do you have to be more strategic about that? No, because I'm caring a lot more about caring less. I mean, when I was part of the, when I was part of the label system, it was, it was the best decade of, of my life. I'm so grateful for my time with, uh, with Warner music. Just what a, what an extraordinary group of people and what an amazing memory for me to, to learn um, from them and the label system. I, I have not a bad thing to say. I just knew at this time is uh, time for me to spread my wings, really. And as an independent, um, I have a smaller team. It's a very mighty team, and I'm very proud of my team. But I, I just don't care about that stuff. Brett Wilson, I know his heart. I have a wonderful relationship with him. He says a lot of controversial things. And I roll my eyes. Sometimes he and I can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation and say, how do you feel about that? And we'll say, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe we push a boundary a little bit too far or, or this and that. But at the same time, that human being in particular has raised tens of millions of dollars for extraordinary causes and has made the city of Calgary, the province of Alberta, the country of Canada, a much better place. I watched him write a check for a million dollars for the Saskatchewan Children's Hospital. That's, that's a pretty special thing to see with my own two eyes. Does it absolve you of certain things that could harm a lot of people no not necessarily but at the same time you need to understand that people have good hearts if you choose to have those conversations and get to know them on a deeper level so when it says about me retweeting brett wilson or anything like that that's just social media that's just noise to me it really is 
it's making this issue much bigger than it needs to be. How important is social media to your business? Uh, I mean, yeah, the platforms are still important yeah. because that's how you get your music out. But at the same time, it's a, it's, it's, it's a very, very dark and treacherous path. It really can be. We've all experienced it, both you and me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's great because we've got a platform and we've got things that we want to promote. And actually, if you want to look at my page or you want to look at my wife's page or a lot of pages that we follow, I mean, that's just pure positivity. That's just pure light. That's a wonderful thing about social media where we can amplify that and those messages. That's a very beautiful thing about social media. But still in this current chapter and with this song in particular, yeah, it sure got negative in a, in a hurry, but wasn't my intention. Do you feel pressure as a, as a prominent uh, you know, personality, as someone in the public eye to pick a side uh, in, in something like this? I mean, with pandemic restrictions, you know, I, I, I go back to this lyric where you say my boss comes up to me, says I better toe the line. You can take away my paycheck, but you can't take my pride. You know, that's going to resonate with some people. Of course. I mean, there, you know, there are people that refuse to get vaccinated. There are people that refuse other pandemic restrictions. They refuse to adhere to those. And in some circumstances, they paid for it uh, with their livelihood or with their employment. Did you feel pressure to pick a side and, and have their back in a sense? No, I didn't feel any pressure other than the internal pressure to really look and discern for myself what's really going on, what's really going on at this particular time in my life, what's best for my family. So the only pressure that I felt was doing what was best for my family, and I made a lot of choices. I chose to uh, homeschool our children. I chose to spend um, time in the United States when everything was really shut down. Well, let's let's go to Nashville. Let's go and let's, um, you know, it, it's open there, so let's let's go and experience concerts and go play a bunch of shows in the United States. So for me, there was only pressure and the only pressure that I felt was what I put on myself or what my wife and I internally had. So to pick a side, every issue, there's a fork on the road, every issue you can pick a side and usually I will. I mean, in sports or, or even politics or whatever, and some of it is private, some of it is public and some of it is nobody's business. Some of it I make everybody's business because I like to talk about it. But in some of this thing, it's a very, very, um, it, there's very deep waters here to navigate through in terms of talking about pandemic and response, which is for me, I actually just, I mean, if you follow me, you know where I stand and I wrote a song about it. So it's exactly how well, I feel. And that's what I want to nail down because you're like, if you follow me, you know where I stand. I wrote a song about it. And then you're saying, yeah, but like you can interpret it however you want and different songs yeah, mean different absolutely. things to different If you people. never knew me, if you never knew me, you hear the song for the first time, you could think something completely different it strikes me as a freedom convoy anthem that's how it strikes yeah. me and i think Great. it's being embraced that's by the no supporters problem. of the freedom convoy that's no no problem if that's how you interpret if it's it. your song and you're okay with it, it then that's not, okay with you it was not my no that that's you putting words into my mouth. no 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 i'm just telling so, you my impression of and it. if that's your impression that's totally fine because music is subjective mm. but i never set out once to write the anthem of the Freedom Convoy. The Freedom Convoy is over. That was last February. That's what I'm wondering about. I was like, why now? Why release the song? It feels like kicking a hornet's nest when you're already through the hike. You know what I mean? Like, do yeah. you feel like, you know, do, do, does it feel now, like things? Now, that's a very good question. Why now? I don't have an answer to that question other than I still feel the way that those lyrics say to a degree. And now maybe just maybe I'm not going to be, uh, pushed with my back up against the wall mm. i think how yeah. did you feel your back was against the wall 
oh, countless ways. We don't have we don't have enough time or enough whiskey with this brand new bourbon that you've got to to talk about that. It was just it was endless. Anybody in arts and entertainment, actually, we all felt our backs against the wall. There is no denying that. There is nobody who escaped the last three years unscathed without permanent scars. Do you think anything's ever going to go back to normal? No. Like if there if there was uh, no. if there was a Brett Kissel concert five years ago, you'd have people there that supported Stephen Harper at the time. You'd have people there that supported Justin Trudeau. You'd have people that supported Rachel Notley and that supported, you know, Jason Kenney or the conservative premiers before him. You'd have people that cheered for the Oilers and the Flames. You'd have men and women, young and old. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that's the case now. A, and I'm not just talking about you. No, it's a very divided world right now. And and we have to get back to um, to unity in, in a lot of ways. And so for me, I mean, I'm also aware that that is just the state of the world at this time. If anybody does come to a concert, I mean, I do my very best to bring people in in a really special way and 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 hold their attention for two hours and talk about how grateful I am that they're there, how grateful I am that we're sharing these moments together. We can forget about the world for a couple of hours and we can just be and enjoy this moment. That's a wonderful thing. That's a gift that I've been given that I'm able to present in that way. But when you're saying, will anything go back to normal? Like that was the first question mm -hmm. that you just asked that like, no, no normal that that was then this is now and i'm trying to ask that question of anybody i talk to whether it's it's a, it's a country star or an epidemiologist yeah. or or whatever the case may be and i don't think it will either i hope that it will in 20 years but i think that people have long memories and i think that that goes both ways yes i think that that people that have a conviction that some didn't do what they should have done and, and didn't buy in. Some people that have disdain toward, for example, the Freedom Convoy will always feel something toward friends of theirs or former friends of theirs that supported or participated yeah. in the convoy and vice versa. Absolutely. It was, it was the Great Divide. It was the Great Divide. You know, 2020 and 2021 was the year of the Great Divide. And it was unfortunate to see that. But at the same time, I'm very, very blessed to have such a great group of friends and family members and a great community. And it's so supportive and there's so much positivity there. And my amount of friends has really shrunk over the last couple of years, but by design. I was going to ask intentionally. And, uh, absolutely. And it had nothing to do with opinions. It had nothing to do with all of these different things that people would think. It was just really doubling down my efforts on the people that I really resonate with and give out positivity and great energy. And I'm very grateful for the group of friends that I have right now. Mm. I mean, I think I've got a million acquaintances, but the really good group of friends, I could just count on, you know, honestly, just a few fingers. Now, what I mean by that to all bring it all back is that it was the year of the great divide. And that's just the way that it happened. So, Will we get back to normal? I hope that we get back to, uh, not back, I hope we get to a spot where things are better than they've ever been. Now that's what I'm holding the focus for. Mm. I and think so, that's gonna take time. It'll take time. I hope that you're right. I hope that that does happen. I don't know yeah. if it's happening anytime soon. And, and I think that this dust up is is evidence of that. I think that people yeah. still, did you, I, I was trying to figure something out again, and I've, I've been skimming and browsing the, the you know, the, yeah. the chatter around this album and, the, and this song in particular. Did you recently play a, a healthcare worker benefit or something in Ontario? There was, there, there, or, or, or something recently, do you know what I'm talking about? There yeah. was, a, there was an association of healthcare providers that tweeted at you something. They were using their blowtorch and they weren't happy. Uh, they, I think they felt like they thought that you had their back and then that the song 
kind well, of that's, took that's, a big swipe that's at kind healthcare of speculative restrictions because I don't know exactly what it particular is what particular tweet you may be talking about. Again, like I do run my social media. Do you I have, have a, a message? Put it this way: Do you have a message to healthcare workers that felt like you're cracking? You know that you're, uh, you're smacking down restrictions as as they were working overtime trying to keep people out of ICUs <laughs> and trying to keep people alive. I mean, very, that's there's there's a lot that can be said about that that particular issue. And so, no, I'm not I'm not going to talk about that. What I will say is that I played in the province of Prince Edward Island and I've played all across the country now doing a lot of events for uh, healthcare workers, heroes of the front line, hometown heroes and everything like that. It's very, very important to support and tip my cowboy hat and help raise a lot of money for very important causes across the nation. And I've and I've done that. So my body of work really. I think speaks for itself. So if there's some particular tweets or uh, people on social media that are upset about this particular song, yeah, that's okay. I don't have it in front of me. I mean, it's yeah. one thing you talked about like Sally123 or Barry321 or whatever. It's, it's different when it's like an association or an organization that's putting a, a tweet out there. It was one that, that grabbed my attention. So this, is, so this is kind of an unprecedented release for you, this Compass Project. You, you've, you've got the, the, the South, the North, the West, and the East yeah. albums. This is the South. Um, I have to assume a sort of a tip of the cap or a reference to your home in Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're going to be releasing four albums in one year. Yes. Never done anything like this before. No, never. Uh, and I'm extremely proud of it because each like the, the needle of the compass is going to point obviously Northeast Southwest. So four releases this year, we'll talk about a different, um, spot in, in, in my heart and a different, um, zone that I can really go into as an entertainer and also just as a human being. So the East record that'll come out next is all acoustic and it's singer songwriters and it's a, an ode to the great singer songwriters of really of the East coast and how much I love, um, that part of the world so it's 10 songs of truly singer songwriter if you and i sat a, you know around a campfire and you said hey play me some of your favorite songs that you've ever written songs that aren't on the radio but beautiful acoustic songs and so it's an entire album dedicated to that the west album is all country and western and knowing what uh that there could be some controversy i mean i wrote a song called oil and cattle about how much i love you know oil and cattle and there's probably going to be a lot of people that don't like that song, but that's not my intention. I'm just telling people how much I love my homeland in Alberta. So I'm just, I think, uh, a bit of a target at this time. And it, honestly, that's okay. Not intended, but so be it. Well, you're not you're not the first artist, uh, let alone the first you know uh, performer or person in the public eye to plant their yeah. flag on something. Um, I've always appreciated your willingness to show up for conversations, uh, and today is no different. And well, thanks, uh, I'm grateful to have you sitting here around the Real Talk table in our new studio. Yeah, well, it's a great new studio, and yeah, thank you uh, for the opportunity. The biggest thing that my takeaway is on social media, people come to fight. And if you can have a real conversation, real talk, and it, like sometimes when the mics are off, like, hey, what, how do you really, really, really feel? Mm. And if there's anybody on social media that, you know, might talk to me when I'm walking in a grocery store, say, hey, I want to have a conversation about a certain issue. No problem. I'm Does always that ever happen? Oh, absolutely. It's happened. Actually, many times it has. Um, about serious stuff? Yes, Not just absolutely. questions about no, life honestly, on the road? No, honestly, and, like, and about, the, about the pandemic, whether it be you know, supportive of, of one person's particular views or really against it. And the best part about it, if you can actually look into somebody's eyes, you can find common ground. Or if you can't find common ground in those circumstances, then you need to say, 
you know what, maybe we'll pick this up again or maybe in another lifetime. Maybe we'll be friends then. And that's okay too. There he is, three-time Juno Award winner, Brett Kissel. Thank you for joining us on this, the final episode of the best of Real Talk for the week. We're back live on Monday morning with political scientist, Dr. Jared Wesley and the titan of talk, Charles Adler. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, executive producer, Josh Dunford, technical producer, John Hicks. General Manager, Katie Cook-Chivers. Account Coordinator, Lawrence Durlego. Human Resources, Lena Shepard. Website Design, Mike Johnston. VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandi Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a relay project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.